Good evening. Today is Monday, September 12th, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's uh, chapters are the prefaces and forwards or the stories. And our speaker tonight is the wonderful Amy mm -hmm. Bell. Amy, thank you so much for your service tonight. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And um, so good to see you. I just want to say thank you, as was said before, to everyone doing service. Um, thank you to the speaker getters, Francesca, Kaylee. Thank you for each asking me separately and me saying no and then saying yes. And most of all, welcome to the beginner, the newcomer, or those of you who are coming back. Um, you are truly the most important people in this room. I really believe that, that we need each other. And when I said yes, um, it's because today I get to say yes to my life. And that's a gift. So thank you all. Um, I'm gonna start by saying a little bit about um, the story. So if, if those of you have a big book, I'm gonna just crack mine open. And if you go to the very beginning after the contents, on the first page, you know, it goes through the steps and we've, been, we've gone through all the steps and, you know, we know step 12 and we know that the steps following step 12, the, um, you know, there's working with others, then to the wives, the family afterward, to employers, a vision for you are, are all about how we get to carry these steps, these traditions, these principles, these concepts into all our affairs, you know, at home, at work, with ourselves, with our higher power and out in the world. And then after that, so, so that, you know, and we know we study here, or I should say, we often just study the first 164 pages, um, many meetings do that. But in this book, the personal stories take up a huge chunk of the book. And they're divided, you can see in the contents, into three parts. And they've evolved over time since the first edition in 1939. Um, stories have been added. Some stories have been taken out. And it's separated into part one, the pioneers of AA. And here we get to hear a lot of the stories that we got glimpses of in those earlier chapters. And I don't mean just Bill's story. I mean, in all the, you know, chapters about alcoholism, about we agnostics, there are some little gems that you will find in these stories. You'll get to know some of the characters who interacted with Bill. You'll get to know their names. And then the second part is they stopped in time. And so in this section, they decided to add some folks who didn't fall into the gutter, who were able to, so to speak, raise the bottom. And there's a, a story in here where a sponsor says to a sponsee, you know, the truth is the bottom is when we stop digging and we don't necessarily have to lose everything. So the people in these stories represent people who came in before they lost everything. And then the final section 
part three is they lost nearly all. And here we'll see a lot of the people, you know, who ended up in hospital sanatoriums, the people in prison, um, people who, pros you know, worked as prostitutes, um, all kinds of experiences that, you know, maybe are less familiar to us as compulsive eaters or restrictors or bulimics, but which really beautifully illustrate what this disease does to us. And so I found myself getting lost in these stories. I have to say it's been a real gift to me because I haven't looked at them for many years. I, I used to back about 15 years ago, go to a meeting and we would read these stories. And, you know, rereading them, in the last weeks, what I found is, you know, again, there's a lot of really beautiful gems within these stories. But what I also found was, you know, these stories, why are they here? Back then, we didn't have these meetings. We certainly didn't have Zoom meetings. And the purpose of this book is to help people identify in so we can connect to a power, a power that leads us on the spiritual journey, which is recovery. And Bill, and I think others too, very much wanted to be inclusive. So I'm just gonna read something from the preface that all changes made, this is the final paragraph on page Roman numeral, 12, all changes made over the years in the big book, AA members fond nickname for this volume, have had the same purpose to represent the current membership of Alcoholics Anonymous more accurately and thereby to reach more alcoholics. If you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me, or more important, yes, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. So right at the beginning, we are asked, can you identify in? And for someone who always identified out, that was not easy for me. So I'm gonna just tell, show you a little bit about my story and then move on. And, and I have to be honest, I really wanted to find a story that was my story. But instead, I found myself in many stories. So I will be sharing parts of a number of stories and I'll, I'll read from one story, but I'm going to try something. To be honest, I have never tried this. I'm gonna <laughs> try to share my screen. Here we go. So that you know I am one of you. So let me go to the top. So this is Amy in New York. At two and at three. And something that um, I found in all these stories, not all these stories, I shouldn't say that there were there are a lot of different types of alcoholics. There were people who came from homes where they had everything, love in abundance, money in abundance, all this good, good stuff, and yet they still became alcoholic. Then there was this other type, which I happen to <laughs> identify with, is the sensitive type, the fearful type. 
And you'll see, and I'll, I'll reference some of them, there are lots of stories threaded throughout the back of the book about people who came into the world with some anxiety, with a heightened sensitivity. And we learn in the big book, in the family afterward, that sensitivity can be a liability, you know, because often it brings us back to self. And that is my story. My selfishness was not Bill's kind of selfishness. My selfishness looked like extreme focus on my appearance because I felt I needed that to be loved. So body obsession, it focused on shame. When I gained weight, I didn't want to be seen. I disconnected from the world. I was in bondage of self. And in my older years, it showed up as being a martyr. That was my selfishness. So I just want to go to the next picture. So here I am, this you know joyful, curious child. And I do believe children come into the world with a lot of joy and curiosity. And then you see me here. And so the one on the left is in preschool. I had some terror of preschool and um, I hid in my garage. I was very sad. And somewhere between this picture and the next picture was me at 15. I developed different manifestations of eating disorders. And, you know, in the stories of the big book, we see how alcohol in many ways has a very rapid progression. And, you know, the body literally gives out, you know, that I used to go to AA meetings and people would talk about stomach hemorrhages. I mean, the body just breaks. With compulsive eating, it can be a much slower process. But I have to say my disease took hold of me in a very big way. It was back in the day when I didn't know it was an eating disorder. My family didn't Ten know. Minutes, Amy. 10 minutes, thank you. Uh, we didn't know about treatment. I'm gonna speed up the pace. Anyway, my disease led me to severe isolation I gained 50 pounds in one year at the age of, of 12. I became anorexic at the age of 16. I became chronically truant. I didn't go out in the world for many months. I dropped out of high school. So that was my early life, but life goes on. And you're gonna see me because I'm one of the ones who've been in the rooms a long time. I came in in my 20s. I got something that I never forgot from that, but I didn't get the 12 steps. I got, there's a place to go where people understand this strange phenomenon of craving, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. But, you know, here I was, I could look sad. I could look happy. You did not know how I was doing. I had a public persona, as many of us do. Um, I did everything in life late. My disease really, I feel as as many of us took away chunks of my life. And even when I managed to go back to school, I took my GED, I went back to school, I graduated, I was valedictorian, I felt like a failure. And I am smiling here, but I was in total 
laxative bulimia and exercise bulimia, maintaining a healthy body. Oh, not healthy, an unhealthy body weight. Here's me at so that was, you know, I graduated 33. Here's me a couple of years later with my beloved husband. Again, I look happy. I want to say you will not see pictures of me heavy in these years because I didn't let people take me pictures. But just for the record, I would cycle, you know, in anorexia, I weighed 30 pounds less than I do today. Uh, in those years, in my 20s and 30s I, and 40s, I cycled between 20 and 50 pounds, but you won't see pictures of me. Okay, flash forward, I came in, I had my first child at 40. I came into OA again. I had been in, but this time with the 12 steps, I worked the steps, I had a spiritual experience, but I relapsed again. And then the last, these pictures are me at my heaviest. I was close to 200 pounds, which was quite a bit more than my six foot five, tall husband that did not stop me. I continued. I was powerless. And, you know, I am not going to go into that. But I basically I had a spiritual experience when my mother died. Um, so after this, my daughter was five, my son was two. And I, I'm here to say, reading the stories in the big book affirms for me what my experience is that we can have a spiritual experience before recovery. I know I did. And I feel looking back, God came to me many times in life. God saved me in situations I could have died from. And I really believe that. And I say that because I know that I hear a lot of things about, you know, you can't have it until you reach this and this and this. But in the big book, in the stories, there are lots and lots of stories about people relapsing. Lots and lots of stories. These men and women were messy. They had egos. The ego revives. My ego revives. And they relapsed. And, you know, in Bill's story, we see that, that Bill met Ebby when he had bottles all over. He was deep in his disease, yet he saw the light in Ebby's eyes. And that to me is God. We get to see God in each other's eyes and feel God when we connect heart to heart. Um, so I'm going to go to the stories now. And I'm sorry, um, I spent a little too much time on that. But I want to say um, in these books, in these stories, um, what struck me is all these things that I didn't know, I didn't remember. So in Dr. Bob's Nightmare, during the first two and a half years, this is page 181 of abstinence, I did not lose my craving of liquor during the first two and a half years of abstinence. It was almost always with me. But Five at no minutes. Time, oh, is that the, okay. Got it. But at no time did I get anywhere close to yielding. I'm going to have to skip. I'm going to say that I, I took notes on these stories, but ain't going to happen here. So, you know, there again, I just encourage people to to read the stories. They're so powerful. You'll even see the story where the man, it, he's the one who says, 
I can only accept this book if you put in the words, God as we understand him. And that's why that was added. That's on page 229. So I'm going to fast forward to story. I want to focus, I'm going to focus a little on is uh, the kings to the, the keys to the kingdom. And this is a woman who started AA in uh, Chicago. She's in the first part, part one. And um, she came from a what she called a happy childhood, yet she got lost in alcohol. And again, her story explains how alcohol has an effect. The food has an effect. Binging has an effect. Restricting has an effect. Purging has an effect. And she, I, I'm just gonna share on um, the part went towards the end of the story. And this story is on page 268. And she received a copy of the big book. She was 33, she was deep. She was very, very physically ill. And, you know, in that pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. So let me just get this page. She, So this was drinking in sheer desperation alone and locked behind my door. My eating was always alone and locked behind my door. She says that she read this book. Again, this is all she had, this book. No, no, no meetings here. But she said, I stayed up all night reading that book. For me, it was a wonderful experience. It explained so much I had not understood about myself. And best of all, it promised recovery. If I would do a few simple things and be willing to have the desire to drink removed, here was hope. Perhaps I could find freedom and peace and be able once again to call my soul my own. We get to come home to our soul in recovery. Something within us that you you know in, the, in that we come into the world with, we get to come home to that. And then on the last page of her story, she says, "These people she met, she went to Akron, she went to Cleveland, she worked the steps. She noticed nothing in their lives took precedence over their response to a call for help from some alcoholic in need." They would travel miles and stay up all night with someone they had never laid eyes on before and think nothing of it. Extraordinary people. I didn't dare hope I might find for myself all that these people had found. But if I could acquire some small part of their intriguing quality of living and sobriety, that would be enough. Sorry, I thought I was, sorry, I was reading the wrong section, but it's all really great. So AA is not a plan for recovery. This is page 275 that can be finished and done with. As arrested alcoholics, we must have a program for living that allows for limitless expansion. Keeping one foot in front of the other is essential for maintaining our arrestment. I have to be rigorously honest each day. My disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it only knows certain things. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't know this other way and it can take over. So I have to really stay vigilant 
in step 10, 11, and 12, where we used to run from responsibility, we find we can accept it with gratitude. The last 15 years of my life have been rich and meaningful. I've had my share of problems, heartaches, and disappointments, because that is life. There is no more aloneness I'm skipping with that awful ache so deep in the heart of every alcoholic that nothing before could ever reach it. That ache is gone and need never return again. Now there's a sense of belonging, of being wanted and needed and loved. And so- Time. Okay. So just to, to I'm gonna show you, well, I don't have to show you. I had some other pictures, but I just wanna say that I don't wake up every morning like this. I don't wake up every morning on fire with recovery, though I really am. Sometimes I get caught by those old voices. But today I and we have a way out. And I'll just say this quickly. My daughter and I struggled this summer. She has some mental illness that, and she was off of medication. She showed me a poem and it was about a mother holding her umbrella over her child. And it says at the end, oh my God, I never realized that umbrella was covering me. And that's today how I feel. God in me, God in you, God outside is that big limitless umbrella. And I can step out of it, but I can always come back. And that's the invitation. Come under that umbrella, connect. And anyway, if this didn't speak to some people, please listen to other voices. We are many and we're all important. Thank you so much. Amy, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for your service tonight. That was so wonderful. Thank you for taking us through the story is your story and then specific pieces. Thank you so much for your service tonight. Okay. Um, that was just so wonderful. <clears throat> okay. Um, bum, 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 bum. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the uh, chapters being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. Um, I'll call the raised hands in order. You'll be asked to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper, Sally P, thank you for your service, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Thank you so much. We're going to be begin with Liz K tonight. Go ahead, Liz. Hey, everybody. Liz K, compulsive overeater. Um, Amy, thank you. Thank you. Gosh, you were so adorable when you were little. And I am so grateful that you found recovery and got that light back in your eyes and obviously in your heart. Um, I'm so grateful that you took that path and you're here because, you know, you're such a great help to the newcomer and the longtime person in the program showing us how recovery looks. Um, 
And I, I love what you said at the end about the umbrella and how we can always come back in. And it's, it's kind of neat because my very first um, CYOC meeting was, um, it, I think it was like the second night of prefaces, stories, and forwards. And so I just, I feel like I just did one big loop and I feel like, well, I didn't leave. I just felt like I came around and I'm, I am home. Um, so it was kind of cool to hear you say that, even though you probably meant something different, but um, thank you for taking us through this because I, that's something I've always wanted to do is sit down and read these stories. And I just, there's always another part of program I'm working at, but I, that's, that's gotta be like my nighttime meeting or something. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, Liz. And next we have Betty S. Go ahead, Betty. Hi, everybody. I'm Betty S. from Florida, com Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Dear Amy, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful and so inspired. You have such a beautiful spiritual program. And I'm grateful because I've been able to share with you and you've shared with me and you've shared with everybody tonight your beautiful program and you know it just it it just shows me that it does take work it just doesn't come like fairy dust like I always wanted losing weight to be like wake up the next day you know and uh bibbity babbity do I'm thin nothing works that way I'm learning this is life life and life, a better life. I can relate to you so much with isolation. You know, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go anywhere by myself. I didn't want to go with my friends. I didn't go with my, want to go with my husband. And all that has changed. I don't, you know, all the shame that I carried for so many years. All the, uh, all the um, negative, negative self-talk and self-loathing for so many years. And I'm just starting to get, I'm just starting to get on the other side of that and so grateful because I have people to share it with and I can also help other people. So Amy, and thank you everybody for doing service tonight. Thank you so much for giving of yourself and sharing your spiritual program. It comes through loud and clear. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Betty. And next we have Kristen H. Go ahead, Kristen. Hi, I'm Kristen, a uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. Um, I've been gone for three weeks, uh, actually out of the country. So this is my first night back and I'm really glad that I got to hear you share, Amy. Thank you so much. Um, I think I, I shared about this yesterday in a meeting or, or Saturday or sometime, but um, I like I like that you kind of emphasize this too, that the different ways recovery looks, that we don't have to all you know, because it, it's, I think it's often described as like, you come in, you get a sponsor, you list out your apps, your alcoholic foods, you put them down, you go through the steps, you have a spiritual awakening, and then you're cured forever and ever. And for me, I feel like if that doesn't happen to me that way, then I'm doing something wrong and I'm deficient. And I, it's important that those of us that don't have that story, um, continue to share that it doesn't have to happen that way. And it can happen a whole bunch of different ways. The end, I think for me is, um, 
how is my relationship with my higher power and how is my relationship with food? And um, I spoke with someone today who was um, just in a, in a heart, the throes of a heartbreaking um, uh, phenomena, a craving. And, um, I, you know, it's so important because you just, I remember what that was like and that I don't have to have that today. And I, that to me is, is how I check where I am with my program. Am I reacting sanely to the foods that I'm putting in my mouth? Am I reacting? Um, am I reacting to his situations? Um, like I've talked a lot about eating out. Am I reacting to that in a way that's sane and healthy and in line with my, my values? So anyway, um, it's really great to be back. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and, um, thank you so much for your lead tonight. Thank you, Kristen. Um, next is Meredith B. Meredith, would you Hey, everybody. Meredith, compulsive overeater in Nashville. Um, thank you, Amy. That was so beautiful. And oh my gosh, I feel for that little girl. Looks so sad. Um, and to see you today, what a beautiful transformation. Um, and it also says to me that it takes a lifetime, takes a lifetime. Um, I loved your metaphor of the umbrella and I've been in OA for over a decade, um, mo mostly in, I say sometimes out totally. And when I was out and crazy, um, you know, I, I heard about a fellow locally who died and I went to her memorial service and oof, it was so moving that it was all these OA people that, you know, I hadn't seen in years. I'm going to start crying now. Um, and it was like, I had just seen them the day before they were just so loving and welcoming. And I just was like, oh, that's where I need to go. That's where I need to be. And, um, it's like, it's the only place, you know, even when my family, I don't know, you know, doesn't, isn't so happy to see me. Um, I know where I'm loved and boy, you guys, this fellowship is, it's, it's changing my life. It's transforming me. I mean, yeah, just since I started working, since I got real about being a real compulsive eat overeater and working with a big book sponsor, um, I I just can't even believe what's happening in my heart, in my mind. It's it's a miracle. So walking miracle here. Thank you all for being here. Um, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much, Meredith. And next we have Francesca M. Go ahead, Francesca. Hi, everyone. Thank you for your service. I'm Francesca. Um, I'm grateful, compulsive over ear and bulimic. Um, thank you, Amy. Um, I love you. You're just um, you're just such a light. I'm so grateful um, for your recovery. 
you share in such earnesty and you have this gift to be able to really remember what it was like um and really like just show that you know um because it's like we tend to well I tend to like forget the pain and you're able to really like you know just tap into like this is what it was like without like reflection but just to really it's just really been a gift for me and I know like for newcomers um to really like relate in that way um and yeah that you've helped me with my spiritual um journey and are also just like so open and fluid and um that's really special and something that's great about this meeting because when I first came into program I was like scared because I thought it was like just a very like rigid religious type thing so um yeah and I love um yeah the invitation to um go deeper with these stories and you said you said you know (laughs) I don't wake up with um on fire with recovery every day and that's just so amazing like because um you know even like I before I started sharing like um today you know things are fine I'm abstinent grateful and it was like a little heavy and it's just like sometimes hard when things are heavy and then it's like just checking in and just sharing and and expressing my gratitude like I'm like oh wow I feel much better than I did like a minute ago so if um yeah you're new um really it's like I don't know how this program works or why um and I know something is very different about me and that doesn't mean I um have this like long um term abstinence I I um I have struggled in my history in OA but so much has changed in my life um I used to be a kleptomaniac and I'm not which is really surprising um for me or lying or just a bunch of stuff so and um and a part of what helps with that is like, um, like the people in this meeting who just like love me and accept me the way I am. And, you know, I've, when I've called you, Amy, just like, it's like the, you're just able to like, give me a hug on the phone <laughs> and, um, yeah, always really taught me how to love myself and be gentle and patient and, yeah, uh, thank you so much again for your share and thank you everyone for your service and pass. Thank you, Francesca. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording for some unrecorded sharing?